Welcome to another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. I am Bruce Wozniak, and wherever you have found the show, thanks for listening. This podcast is widely available, so know that there are lots of options out there to listen and subscribe. In fact, as I've said the last couple weeks, Now Hear This Entertainment has recently gotten added to both the Amazon Music and iHeartRadio apps and websites. The show website is nhte.net and has lots from all episodes, plus links to social media and podcast listening platforms. Do be sure that you have also signed up there for the weekly e-newsletter about the podcast. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Milwaukee, my guests are a sister duo with both singing, playing guitar, and writing their original 80s electro-infused pop songs. They just released a brand new single and a music video to go with it. They have recently become members of the Recording Academy and have been featured in publications such as Billboard and American Songwriter, among others. Their music has garnered more than four and a half million streams on Spotify, and they have opened for Death Cab for Cutie, among others, and performed at South by Southwest, among other festivals. They also beat out over 2,000 bands nationwide in Project Aloft Star to win a tour with Aloft Hotels and a single-track deal with Capitol Records. You've been hearing their Coachella remix song. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Victoria and Hannah Gabriella Banuelos. Together they are the musical duo Reina. Hey guys, everyone. Hi, ladies. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having us. My pleasure. My pleasure. Let's start off by having you talk about the song of yours that was just playing during the intro, the Coachella remix. Yeah, that was um, inspired by our trip to Coachella last year. Um, We actually went as influencers for Marriott Hotels, and we just had like an amazing experience, Um, VIP, crazy um, stories that we can talk about. Um, so yeah, that's what inspired Coachella, and that's, that's why it's us. We, we were so happy at Coachella because we were just so happy, so happy there. <laughs> and especially now with uh, with the quarantine and this whole year, it's just taking a whole new meaning. And so, as for this remix, share with the audience who did the remix and to what extent do you or don't you get involved with that. So um, we we share labels and management with Katsuoso, and we have been huge fans of his all of his singles that he had been putting out, all of his music. And you know, when we started throwing around the idea of remixing the song, because we really we wanted it to have like a, a second life, you know, like so that you could put it on and like dance to it. And yeah, we we talked to we talked to Katsu. And we just came up with the idea of making it like super disco-y and fun and upbeat and dancey. And I mean, he totally delivered. He was amazing. Well, that's great to hear because I know that I've had guests on the show before who have talked about remixes of their songs that they had very, very little involvement with where someone just kind of remixed it all together and it basically went past the artist almost at the last minute just kind of to rubber stamp their approval. So it's nice to get the perspective that you just shared where the two of you, it sounds like, were very involved in this version being put together. Yeah, I mean... uh... 
uh, our label Cosmica, they really encourage the artists to be as like creatively involved with everything they do as possible. And, um, you know, the remix was no different. So I did notice in my preparations for today, it's interesting that you mentioned about your experience at Coachella and being there as influencers, because listeners, when I give out their girls' social media, you'll see on their Instagram that in their highlights, which, as you know, are the archives of past stories, they do have some archived stories on there from Coachella. And specifically, ladies, I did see that that was Marriott Bonvoy that was connected to a lot of those stories. So just talk about how did you get connected with them for that opportunity? So that was um, through a lot uh, all-star uh, competition. We won that two years ago, right? And uh, we, we kind of became ambassadors of the brand, and they invited us to Coachella to represent the All-Star um, contest and what they're doing with uh, emerging artists. Uh, so, yeah, we, we were invited, and, and we had, like, the whole VIP Marriott experience, which was amazing. Wow. I mean, we were we were having breakfast with Vanessa Hudgens and Kylie Jenner. I, I like, this pumped with LeBron James, which was insane. Um, so, yeah, just, like, we, we, got, we got the full VIP experience, and it was super cool. This is one of those times when I wish this was a video podcast, because if you would see how wide-eyed I got when you started mentioning those names, oh, my gosh, that must have seemed just <laughs> completely surreal. I, I, I'll bet it was kind of one of those, I'm on cloud nine, but I'm having to act and, like, really play it low-key cool, right? Oh yeah, we every every single day was like seeing someone new or like a new experience, and we were like, "How are we here?" But <laughs> we were so grateful, you know, like, "How did this happen?" So let's enjoy it. Okay, so for the benefit, ladies, of those in the audience who listen to this show every week because they're up and comers and they want to learn from my guests, when you're in a situation like that and you're sitting down with a-listers. Is it that you get introduced as this is who these girls are and this is why they're here? Or because where I'm going with this is obviously in the back of your mind, you're thinking, wow, if there's some way that these A-listers can hear our music and maybe one of these celebrities will do something with our music, what a great opportunity that would be for us. But at the same time, you obviously do have to play it cool and you can't be just you know, talking all about yourselves and putting in their face about your music. So how did you handle that? How did that go? How did those conversations go? So I think especially at Coachella, because it was such, uh, it was such like a strange thing for us. Um, we, we definitely played it as cool as we could, you know, like the conversations we had were all like, you know, what are you, what, what, um, what band are you most excited to see today? Stuff like that, you know? And if it mm. did come up in conversation, then we would be like, oh, yeah, you know, we're in a band. We're sisters. Our band's name is Reina. But you definitely don't want to lead with that, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I think, especially at Coachella, people just want to have fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm just meeting the two of you for the first time, but I feel like I don't even have to ask. I'm sure the two of you did find plenty of time to have lots of fun. We did. We had a ton of fun. And again, like that is why the chorus to that song is we were so happy at Coachella because I mean, not only is it, there's music, the scenery is beautiful. The weather is amazing. The lights, the, you know, the stages are huge there. The, the bands were amazing. It's just, it's just a great, a great, great time. 
How fast after coming back from Coachella did you write that song? Or was it a case of, you know what, Bruce, believe it or not, it wasn't until eight months later? Or is it, or am I totally wrong? And it was like we were literally writing it on the plane coming home. Well, funny story. We, we started saying we were so happy at Coachella when anything bad happened to us. <laughs> so it just kind of became a thing before uh. we even knew it was a song. So yeah, it kind of just became a joke, like, oh, something went wrong, and we, we would say, like, oh, we were so happy at Coachella, wish we could, could go back. So that became a thing, and then when we wrote the song, that wasn't until, like, February of of the next year, right? Mm-hmm. Or January, I think. Yeah, it was, it was way later. So we we came up with those lyrics jokingly <laughs> before and then just turn it into a song in the studio. <laughs> wow, that's cool. That's cool. The girls and I are recording this on the same day that I got my monthly email from Patreon saying how much was being sent to me thanks to the listeners who have signed up to support my show and get access to the weekly bonus content that I put out. I'm really grateful for those that are already on there, and I'd very much appreciate your consideration of coming on board there, too. If you find value in what I do every week, educational value, meaning learning from me and my guests, and or entertainment value, do please check out patreon.com slash nhte. It's ad-free content that's not available anywhere else, and all for just five bucks a month. My wife and I went to Starbucks the other day. She got an iced coffee and I got a hot tea, $8.36 just for that one visit. So if you're doing that more than once a month, maybe take a look and say, instead of helping a major corporation like Starbucks, I'll help the little guy and give Bruce $5 a month for his podcast for all the time he puts into it for me. After this episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, I will be recording extra content with Vic and Gabby. Check it out at patreon.com slash NHTE or on the show website, nhte.net. Use the orange colored support us on Patreon button. Ladies, not the remix, but the original version of Coachella has a music video that in just over six months already has more than 10,000 views on your YouTube channel. I love what you did with that video because I think it's a great lesson for up-and-coming performers in how you can get a lot of visuals, a lot of colors, a lot of movement in your videos without needing a huge budget. Tell the audience what I'm referring to as far as making the Coachella video. So thank you so much. <laughs> so when um, when we made the Coachella video, it had it was exactly when quarantine had just started, mm. um, and we were you know we had planned um, to go to the desert to El Paso, Texas, where we're from, and have film our grandmothers in the desert, you know, because of Coachella and all that. Film our grandmothers like in the desert. Um, that was our original plan. And we could not do that because we could not travel anymore um, because of COVID. So we were like, well, how can we bring that vibe to a music video without doing all of that? So what we ended up doing is we I have white walls in my house and we have a um, projector and we just went through old stock footage and we try to find as much of like desert footage we could. Ah. Um, there's a lot of old Palm Springs footage, which was which I thought was awesome for the video. Um, and then a lot of um, footage from old Mexican films. And 
I think it just ended up being super cool. And like, you're totally right. You can do so much with a very, very, very small budget. Like that video probably cost us nothing to make. We filmed it with our iPhone. What? Um, and oh my a, gosh. And state protector. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. You just have to be super creative. <laughs> well, you know, and it's funny that you said that we filmed it with our iPhones because as I was looking at it, I thought, wow, they were really able to pull this off without having to spend much money. And I thought, well, they maybe they got a, somebody to come in there and shoot the video for them. So maybe they had to pay that person. And here you are saying, no, we just shot it ourselves with an iPhone. Had you not said that, I would have never known. Thank you. That's that's a great compliment. But yes, we we use our iPhone. We spent maybe like two nights doing it. And I think that is so far my favorite uh, video that we've done. I really, I really like how it turned out. So is any of that footage that's being projected on the wall, is any of that actual home movies, like actual family members or no? No, you know, we, we would have loved to have done that, but it was just a matter of time and we just weren't able to, but we would have loved to do that. We didn't have like the, the DVDs of our VHS. Yeah. Cassette. It was, it was like a nightmare to, to do that. <laughs> but that would have been great. Well, and listeners, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you to go back and listen to episode 343, my interview with Mike Del Judas, who is the guitar player for Billy Joel. And he and I had a very similar conversation where Mike had just put out a brand new video. And granted, he didn't do it quite as economically as the girls did it. But the point is that he too incorporated what looks like footage from home movies and I remember asking him how much of that is actual family members so go back and listen to my interview with Mike Del Judas I'll put a link on the show page for the Reina episode of Now Hear This Entertainment so you can go back and check out that conversation ladies let's give the audience a little background to kind of set the stage for some other things I want to ask you go ahead and share where you're from how you got started into music those types of details yeah, so we we grew up in El Paso, Texas. My sister Gab was born in Juarez, Mexico. My dad was working in Juarez at the time. So we were border babies. Uh, we, we come from both worlds and uh, we're Mexican-American. Our our grandmother was a, is a mariachi singer, but, you know, back in the day she was actually in a band and she would bring us along to some of her gigs and force us to play um, and sing songs with her. <laughs> So we just became, you know, the, the singing sisters. That that was what everyone called us. And hmm. we picked up a guitar uh, when Gab was nine and I was 11. And we started writing songs. We used to pretend we were a band in our room. Um, <laughs> and we just started writing songs about going to school and, like, getting in fights with our parents and, you know, child-like stuff. And I, when we were 16, we got picked up by Sony BMG in, in Mexico, in Latin America. Um, and that kind of just made everything really real for us. Like, oh my God, like we actually have a chance at being musicians and like taking this seriously. So yeah, we, we started recording music professionally at, at 16. Mm. And um, we've been going at it ever since. The thing with Sony didn't work out because we, we didn't want to um, pursue that um, route anymore. We wanted to do something more indie, something that we had more control of our image and our music. So then we started over as Vic and Gab, and 
that eventually turned into Reina, what we are now. <laughs> so what were you known as when you did get signed by Sony? <laughs> we we had a really funny name. It was uh, Caramello, uh, which is hilarious because if you if you were to meet us, like we we don't. I mean, I guess we're sweet. We're we're nice people, but we we like to play off. You know that we're just cool. Like it, it's just it was really awkward for for us to be called Caramello. It just didn't go with our with our personality. And same for the music. Everything that we we wrote for Sony, it just turned into you know something very Disney like. So we that's why we walked away from that, and we we became Vic and Gab. So clarify then, what does Caramello mean that you said it wasn't a real accurate portrayal of who you are? It's just caramel, like like, like candy. Oh, you know, oh, like... oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was very to like the age that were age appropriate, I guess. I we see. were sixteen; we I were see. very young. I see. So, and explain to the listeners the meaning behind Reina. So when we were trying to come up with a name for this project, we had a long list. And but nothing really felt like it was really representing who we were, and we wanted something that represented our culture and like, you know, that said something about who we are. And Reina means queen in Spanish, and you know, we were like a strong woman. We're totally in that. That is our name, and also we are huge Queen fans, so we just get to be Queen in Spanish. <laughs> ah. Well, I'm glad that you said that, though, because I noticed that you incorporate Spanish lyrics into your songs. I've got to believe that that is clearly by design so that you can capture both the English and Spanish-speaking audience. So I wonder whose idea was that, and when did you start doing it? So the first song we did that in was Coachella, and it honestly, it just came very naturally. Hmm. It just, like, when we were writing the song in the studio, it was like, we were so happy at Coachella, life era una novela, which means life was like a telenovela. And it just, it felt so perfect, and it flowed so perfectly, and then we tried to sing it that way in English, and it just didn't have the same feeling. Mm. So we were just like, you know, why can't we sing in Spanish? We speak Spanish fluently. We speak Spanish all the time with our parents, with each other. And we were just like, it's time. Like, this is a huge part of who we are, um, and it should be a huge part of our music, too. So what is your first language, English or Spanish? Spanish. Spanish. (laughs) Okay, so when you're writing songs, do you find that you're writing in your head in Spanish but in English on paper, or what does that look like? And then also, do you find that one of you is stronger with lyrics and the other with melodies, or is it pretty even? Like, what does your songwriting process look like? So the first question, I would say that Spanish is very hard to um, be direct with using like the, the least amount of words with uh, English. You can you can say something in like three words and it, it's going to sound, you know, it's going to give the message. And so, I think we, genuine, we, we generally write more in English. Like that's how we start. So just like language wise, it's very easy for us. It's easier to to say what we mean in a very direct, easy way in in English. And the the second question, what was the second question? <laughs> Can you repeat the second question? Do you find that one of you is stronger with lyrics and the other with melodies, or is it pretty even? Oh, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna. This is, this is, 
this is why I forgot it because we had already given each other a look. <laughs> um, I I personally think that I'm better at lyrics, and Gab is just a master and queen of uh, melodies. I mean, I could I could put words to something. And she can just make the melody 10 times better, which is what happens every single time we're in the studio. It's like, I have an idea, even for the Coachella chorus, which we fight about who came up with it, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So, you know, I did a, I did a voice note on my phone. Mm-hmm. I showed it to her and she was like, it's great, but how about singing it this way? So she like perfects my, my ideas. <laughs> But I think I think it has a lot to do with the fact that um, like I sing more than Vic does, and so I think it just—it's not that I make the melody better; it's just that I make it better for me because I sing it. I see. I, that's how I see it. I see. Um, yeah. But do you both <laughs> sit down together to write a song, or is it no? We just kind of will come up with song ideas and you know sing it into our phone, and then when we come together to write a song say okay well you know i've got a few ideas i've been working on here what what does that whole process look like of the two of you collaborating on a song to write together it varies like we don't live together at the moment so sometimes Vic will come and like she'll have you know a verse or a chorus and then we'll finish the whole song together there are other times where we consciously are like okay let's sit and write a song and we write a song together it just depends on like the time the day Mm-hmm. Um, but we definitely finish everything together. And that's like, I think a Raina song is not a Raina song until we have both, you know, put our words in there, our melody or our thoughts yeah, <laughs> and yeah. uh, have a couple of arguments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you have been releasing a lot of new music in 2020, including the remix that we played at the beginning, the one that you talked about, five new songs this year. Was this all a strategy that you mapped out, say, before the year began, or is it all just really organic, meaning when you write the songs and then the timing of releasing them? Oh, that's funny that you say that, because our plan was to release a a new song every month for the whole year. Mm Mm-hmm. But because of COVID, it just felt very self-absorbing to be releasing and promoting music mm. when all of these things were happening. So we, we decided to, you know, take a step back and, and um, just focus on, you know, taking care of ourselves, mental health. You know, the riot started. Just so much was going on that we thought was more important than putting out our music. But... You know, I'm I'm glad that we were able to put, you know, five songs out and I feel like we did a, a good job, you know, with, with the videos and it really kept us mentally healthy and active and just focused on our music and our our love for music. But also, you know, it was kinda like a therapy for us amongst like all this chaos that happened in 2020. Yeah, I want to applaud you for that because that's a really unselfish approach to take because to go into the year saying we're going to put out a new song every month and then say, hold on a minute, this might be a little bit too much about us when there's so many bigger things going on in the world. And granted, this is a period in time when a lot of artists would say, no, I have to put new music out every month because I'm not going to be able to get to go out and perform and get paid for doing shows so i have to create more music so i can sell more music and so ladies congratulations i'm taking my hat off to the two of you for saying you know what 
that just doesn't feel right with everything that everyone's going through right now. Let's just kind of back off a little bit. And five songs is good, but that's technically not even one every other month. So I really admire the approach that you took. And I think that shows people a lot of who you are as people and not as artists that you did recognize this is about more than us right now. Definitely. I think I thank you, but I, I definitely think that this year was more about listening than, you know, about what you wanted and what you were feeling. So it just felt right. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Milwaukee by the sister act Reina. They are Vic and Gabby Banuelos. The girls are very active on social media, so be sure to engage with them on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Still to come, we will be talking about their brand new single, which, as you heard, is one of five releases from Reina this year. Sure, you can follow them on Spotify. They have close to 70,000 monthly listeners on there. But the better way to support Reina is to purchase downloads of their music from iTunes. Do keep up with Vic and Gabby online for all things Reina music. Remember that I will have more conversation with Vic and Gabby, which you can hear exclusively through Patreon. There are no ads in that bonus content, and for $5 a month, you get to hear the extra audio that I've been recording with podcast guests since last Christmas, and you get all that comes out every week hereafter. Patreon will send you an email every Wednesday morning to remind you that new content is out, plus you're helping me with the expenses I have for doing this show every week and you're telling me that you like and appreciate what I do with Now Hear This Entertainment. To sign up, go to patreon.com slash nhte or from the show website nhte.net. Use the orange colored support us on Patreon button to go there. Another way you can help me out and it costs you no extra money at all is by starting all of your Amazon shopping through the tall banner on my website. When you scroll down on nhte.net, you'll see it. Just tap or click on that to be taken to Amazon, and they'll do the rest. It's totally private, so I don't know who bought through that or what was purchased or how much was spent, but at the end of your transaction, they will calculate a small percentage of the sale to be kicked back to me, all because you clicked through the Amazon banner on my website. And like I said, there's no extra cost to you. Just like I said earlier about maybe giving Starbucks Corporation one less $5 sale and giving it to me instead through Patreon, here's a way that instead of all your Amazon money going into Jeff Bezos' pocket, a small percentage of it can actually go to a little guy like me instead. Vic and Gabby, let's get into some of the other highlights that I mentioned back in the intro. First is, congratulations on having just become members of the Recording Academy. What does that mean for Reina? Why did you decide to pursue that? And also explain to the audience what that process entails. So we had no idea how that happened. We know that you have to be invited by other members of the Academy. So our guess is that, you know, our, our colleagues that we've worked with, producers that are part of the writers that are part of the Academy, they nominated us, so that's awesome Like to be acknowledged like that. Um, but we also learned that there was uh, a lack of representation for the Latino community in the Recording Academy. So I think that, you know, the mix of being nominated and invited and also being Latino really helped out our chances to becoming members, which is, you know, a dream. I, I never even thought of, like, 
one day I'm going to vote for a Grammy, you know, like that's something that just happened. And we're so grateful for that. Definitely a highlight of the year. I'm sure. I'm sure there's obviously a lot of prestige that comes with that. And we hear all the time, unfortunately, about the peaks and valleys that artists go through. The downtimes can really be tough. So I imagine that something else that you've accomplished, like getting coverage in Billboard and American Songwriter, among other publications, had to really do a lot for you in terms of validation, momentum, a definite shot in the arm. Just talk about some of that. Um, yeah, we, we've gotten very good press this year, especially for our new song, Seven Eleven. And I mean, it never gets old. Every time our friend Rishi, who does PR for us, is like, we got Billboard. It's always like, oh my God, you know, like we always <laughs> lose it. It's so exciting. It, it just feels amazing to have someone or something so, you know, uh, famous for, you know, writing for, for music write about your song um and it never gets old it just it feels insanely good and it just makes everything worth it and especially on a year like this year it i feel like it felt even better because sometimes if you have a tough you know a tough release or you don't really get a lot of press or whatever you know if you play a show you get that energy back from 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 the crowd you know they like they're singing your song and it makes you feel great and we didn't really have a lot of that this year so definitely like all of the press we got really got us through <laughs> and every time we, we we see it as like one little victory you know like it's just we, we take it one little victory at a time so we're just like counting you know like the the little victories that we get and it, it feels really good big one yeah well, but I like the point that Gabby made about, you know, you don't have that energy to feed off from the crowd of a live performance. So all of a sudden, instead, it's, wow, you know, this is a real high for us also. And that's why I said the way I set that up, because for those that listen just purely for the entertainment value and because you enjoy music and music interviews, I want you to understand about some of those peaks and valleys that the artists go through. So, ladies, I'm sure that the two of you have not been immune from it, and you know that there are those points where you get really down and you feel really low, and something like getting written up in Billboard, getting written up in American Songwriter can all of a sudden pull you back up and make you say, okay, come on, let's get back on track here. Like, we are good, and we can do this, and we're going to keep having more success. Definitely. I mean, I think it's something that, this year specifically, it was very, it felt kind of like we had none of that, um, you know, when you play, like, again, when you play a live show, you just, you feel the crowd, you feel their emotions, you feel like, oh, you know, our music is connecting, we have people that listen to it, people that connect to it, people that feel our songs, our lyrics, and there really was none of that this year, and I think that's something that most musicians can relate to, so in that sense, it was very, it was a tough year, but yeah, it's like, you know, when you when we were doing, for example, live Instagram live shows and you get some comments from people that started to equal like the same type of energy and like the same feedback that I think most musicians are craving right now. Mm. Well, you have had some tremendous opportunities in terms of live performances, too. I'd love to just have you talk about a couple of these highlights, for instance, opening for Death Cab for Cutie, performing at South by Southwest, even the Radio Milwaukee Music Awards. Just talk about some of those highlights. 
Um, yeah, I mean, Death Cab for Cutie was is one of our favorite bands of all time. We used to listen to them when we were kids, and to be in the on the same stage as them was like wow. Like what? Again, how did we get here? <laughs> um, so yeah, that one that one was a highlight for me. Opening for Obama at a rally here in um, Milwaukee in front of eighteen thousand people and that was incredible mm. i mean the, the energy there was was amazing and at that time it just felt like such, such a euphoric feeling um so getting to meet obama and like shake his hand and just be part of you know everything that um that time represented was so cool um and who else have we opened for that gab who would you say was your um, I mean, we, we opened for churches, churches, which is, I love, I love churches. I love Lauren Mayberry. I love like watching her perform. She is so energetic and I, I just love her, her stuff. But so we didn't open for this band, but something funny that happened is we opened for churches. Um, no, was it churches or Kesha at Summerfest? Kesha. Kesha at Summerfest. And then. I guess the national had played the day before and in our green room in the on like in the couch in the cushions I found one of the guys from the national his cell phone <laughs> and Whoa. um I was like I was like able to WhatsApp him um and <laughs> I was able to return his phone to him like through the mail and that was like crazy for me because I'm obsessed with that band <laughs> <laughs> So that was like one of the coolest things ever. Wow. We didn't get to open for them or anything, but I got to talk to him for like a sec. <laughs> wow, that's a crazy story. That's crazy. And by the way, I want to jump in and mention the name Kesha was mentioned. And listeners, a few weeks ago in episode 350, my guest was Grammy-recognized songwriter Cliff Goldmacher. And actually, I think it ended up being on the Patreon content, but Cliff talked about his experience with Kesha also. So it's a small world after all with the way that some of these names come and go from one episode to another. Ladies, anything to add about South by Southwest or the Radio Milwaukee Music Awards? Radio Milwaukee has been a pillar for us in our band. Um, they have always been supportive and they they were the first radio station to play our, our music, you know, back when we were Vic and Gab. So they, they always hold a, a, a big part of our hearts. Um, we're so grateful to, to them for what they do for us and, and the music community in general. Uh, so playing, playing those shows are, are very important because I think that they give the artists, you know, a sense of accomplishment. You know, when, when you're being recognized and you're being nominated at the end of the year with, with your peers, it's just super cool that, that they have, you know, those intentions for for us and uh we're so grateful and for south by we i mean we're texans we always wanted to go to um <laughs> south by and play south by so when we did uh that was actually the beginning of reina we we met our um, our manager at you know who became our manager at the time and it changed everything for us it was a game changer uh, we we got hooked up with uh, Seiko Management, which were the ones that discovered Lord. Wow. Um, so yeah, we we really 
We played like 13 shows yeah. in three days. <laughs> yeah, we played 13 shows in three days. It was, what? It was hectic, but you know. I mean, that's, that's an exaggeration, but we, we played so many shows. We played three shows every day for three days. Mm. Right? Not, yeah, yeah. We were we were just like jumping off the stage, going into another stage. It was wow. crazy. Wow. But um, what I wanted to say is that you know people go to South by with the dream of getting signed and all of these things, and for us, it turned into you know a new beginning as musicians because mm. we got hooked up with all of these producers and they kind of gave us more tools to become better musicians. Amazing. And eventually change our our name to Reina because you know what we were doing as Vic and Gab just didn't didn't match up to to Reina. Amazing, amazing. For those in the audience who are up and coming performers themselves, some of those live performance opportunities, did you in fact see those move the needle in terms of say music downloads, social media followers, streaming numbers on Spotify, because everything that you're saying is great, what you gained from South by Southwest and the support that you've gotten from Radio Milwaukee. But at the end of the day, artists want to know, hey, all these great events that we're going to go to, are we going to finally see a spike in any of those things? Music downloads, social media following, streaming numbers on Spotify. Can you say that you saw an uptick from any of those Definitely. I think like the the what you see instantly is social media numbers. It's like you play a show and literally that night you get so many followers, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, because like literally the people in the crowd, they take their phones out and they take a video and they want to tag you, you know, so yeah. that makes them follow you. So I definitely think that that happens for sure. And then that eventually turns into streaming numbers because, you know, they want to hear the song that they filmed or the song that they remember from the show. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely, you know, the more shows you play, the more of that you will get. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and I think it has to help that when you have a unique name like Raina and listeners, when you go on the girls' social media, you'll see and their live show, it's very big on the stage, so you can't miss how to spell it. But the point I'm making here is if you went to see somebody perform and it was a guy named Joe Johnson, there's probably a ton of Joe Johnsons out there. So you're scrolling through Instagram and getting frustrated and saying, is this the right guy? Is this him? But with the band name like Reyna, it's really easy to find them, tag them, and boom. Now all of a sudden, like you just heard, the numbers start going up. So that's, that's a great a great picture that you painted there. Listeners, I wonder if you realize how much Las Vegas is all around us. On election night, they were actually talking about how the betting line on who would win kept changing in Las Vegas. I was watching The Masked Singer on Fox, and one of the clues they gave out was a roulette wheel. And right away, one of the judges said, Las Vegas? And then right after that, I watched I Can See Your Voice, and the guest was Donny Osmond, who for years has been performing at the Flamingo Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. If you're like me, it's inevitable that you're going to head to Las Vegas at some point, whether for business or pleasure. Get in the know about all the things that are always going on out there, including insider tips, deals, information to save you money through the Access Vegas newsletter. They have a discount for listeners of Now Hear This Entertainment when you sign up. They'll tell you how to avoid high ATM fees on the Strip. They'll tell you about where the cheapest drinks are on the entire Strip plus how to con the casino computers into comping you more, go to my show website, nhte.net, and click on the Access Vegas logo, and then during sign-up, put in the code BRUCE 
to get $5 off. Someone I know was recently talking about a potential move to Las Vegas. With the Access Vegas newsletter, you can even find something called, So You Want to Move to Vegas? Here's What Your Real Estate Agent Won't Tell You. Remember, too, that they even have a private Facebook group that you can get access to after you do the following. Go to my show website, nhte.net. Click on the Access Vegas logo and then put in the code BRUCE to get $5 off during sign-up. Last year, 2019, Raina performed in Wisconsin, Michigan, Utah, California, Ohio. But Vic or Gab, where do things stand with Raina having one project aloft star, meaning your tour with Aloft Hotels? Because... Was that supposed to be last year or this year? Did the pandemic wipe that out? Like, Are you getting the opportunity to go and perform at Aloft Hotels around the country, or where, do, where does all that stand? Um, yeah, we've done, we've played a many, 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 many um, Aloft Bar, I mean, Aloft and Marriott. I mean, we even played in Cancun. Wow. Last, uh, uh, for, for, um, for them. So, yeah, it's, I'm sure if, COVID wasn't going on right now, we would have played many shows for them this year too. But yeah, we got to, we got to do the whole tour with them and it was awesome. It was amazing. They, they took us everywhere. We, um, we are so grateful to, to them because they, they really made an effort to, to make it as grand as possible. And, and we, we felt like VIP all the time when we were with them. <laughs> yeah, it, it was amazing. And that opportunity that you described earlier at Coachella, that was part of that. Yes. Yes, that was well. It wasn't. It wasn't part of like winning a lost star, but I mean, we just became really good, like close with them, friends with them, and they invited us, and we were like, mm. "Are you are you serious? You want to take us to Coachella?" Hell yes! <laughs> Outstanding! Outstanding! Well, I do want to ask you about the other part of winning Project Aloft Star which was the single track deal with Capitol Records. But we're out of time, so we'll have to talk about that in the Patreon content. Plus, I want to ask you more about your videos. So in the meantime, we're going to close with your brand new single called 7-Eleven. Before we do record more conversation for the Patreon supporters, though, ladies, share with the audience all about this new song of yours, please. So 7-Eleven was the day I met my significant other. Um, and I, you know, I thought that it was going to be a beautiful love story and that I had found the person that I wanted to be with, but unfortunately we're not together anymore. And there was a hesitation because of long distance and, you know, life, especially COVID this year just made everything very difficult for us. So this song is just about, you know, inviting that person to really dive in and, and give love a chance. Um, even though it didn't work out, that was that was the, the feeling of it. And I do want to remind the listeners that there is a video for that as well, which you can see, obviously, on the official YouTube channel for Reina. Vic, Gabby, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on the new single. And I really appreciate you being on Now Hear This Entertainment. Thank you so much for having us. This was great. Thank you so, so much. And this is so much fun. Absolutely. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to Vic and Gabby Banuelos, the musical duo Reina. Do engage with them on social media. Like their Facebook page. Follow them on Twitter and on Instagram. I did all of those three things myself just this morning. Their YouTube channel has five new videos 
from the past five months alone with a combined total of more than 27,000 views. So be sure to subscribe there and watch and like the videos on their channel. For that matter, tell Vic and Gabby you heard them and their music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Remember that while you can follow them on Spotify, the better way to support Reina is to purchase downloads of their music. They have put out five new releases in 2020 alone, all of which you can get from iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Music. I will have more conversation with Vic and Gabby in bonus content that will only be available through the Patreon for this show. You can hear it by signing up at patreon.com slash nhte or from the show website, nhte.net. Use the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button. It's only 5 bucks to get started, and you'll get to hear extra conversation that I've been having with Now Hear This Entertainment guests after we finished our podcast interview, and this goes all the way back to last Christmas. You heard me mention just two of them, Mike Del Judas, who is the guitar player for Billy Joel, and Grammy-recognized songwriter Cliff Goldmacher. A reminder, too, about starting any and all Amazon shopping through the banner on my show website, nhte.net. Just scroll down to it and then click or tap to get to their app or their website, and they will take care of the rest at no extra cost to you. If you want to email me, podcast at nhte.net, to let me know that you shopped through my Amazon banner, cool. Otherwise, it will be totally private And I'll just get a monthly email from Amazon telling how much they're sending me for people who clicked through the banner on my website that month. For now, that will do it for episode 353. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Reina. This is the one they just talked about. It's called 7-Eleven. Got a little bit. Go slow on me